Good evening and welcome to the Champaign City Council study session for Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. Um, I am going to come down. Chief Petrelli, I think we have some O's. Thank you. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members, audience. It's my pleasure and honor to introduce uh, a few officers for their oaths of office. Dylan Harnsberger. So Officer Harnsberger is from Champaign, attended Muhammad Seymour High School, worked at Meyer as loss prevention, and served in the Marine Corps for four years. Officer Harnsberger graduated from DePaul University with a criminology degree and recently graduated the Police Training Institute in April of 22. So please raise your right hand and state your oath. I, Dylan Harnsberger, having been appointed to the Office of Police Officer in the City of Champaign and the County of Champaign, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Illinois and that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Police Officer to the best of my ability. Congratulations and thank you. And Officer Charles Barbonell. Charles is also from Champaign. He graduated from Central High School and was a police explorer with the Champaign Police Department. Charles worked at Champaign Ford City and also recently graduated from the Police Training Institute in April. I, Charles O'Barbonell, having been appointed to the Office of Police Officer in the City of Champaign and the County of Champaign, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Illinois, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Police Officer to the best of my ability. Congratulations, thank you. And Officer Emily Bradley. Emily is an experienced officer that came from Tuscola, Illinois, and Emily graduated from Eastern Illinois University with a degree in philosophy and pre-law and is currently enrolled at Mitchell Hamlin School of Law working on a law degree. Uh, officer Bradley has three years of experience as an officer in the city of Tuscola. I, Emily Bradley, having been appointed to the Office of Police Officer in the City of Champaign and the County of Champaign, do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and that the Constitution of the and the Constitution of the State of Illinois, and that I will faithfully discharge the duties of the Office of Police Officer to the best of my ability. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. And I promised the kids that they could get a picture up here with mom. You guys want to step down? Come on. Time? You're going to do one with everybody first, and then you guys can come. I appreciate Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. 
All right. We also have one other ceremonial item we'd like to do tonight, and I think we're going to start with Councilmember Fulmer. Whereas Donna Pittman joined the Champaign Public Library January 16, 1989, as a librarian three. She holds master's degrees in library and information science and social work and a bachelor's degree in history, all earned through the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. And whereas Donna, in her role as director of the Champaign Public Library, distinguished, her, distinguished herself as an outstanding public servant. She enhanced the reputation of the library by creating a business development section and a program to encourage children to read while building home libraries with a mother goose on the loose plan and Whereas Donna nurtured an exciting and pleasurable after-school educational program, teaching 3D printing and other constructive activities to children in the community. She created a place for creative writing skill enrichment, as well as resume and job application enhancement. And whereas Donna successfully completed fundraising for the design and construction of an expanded area of operation in the basement of the current main library that will serve citizens of all ages. Her efforts inspired many new community resources, including substantial donations to the Library Foundation, allowing innovative program development for all age groups and... Whereas Donna has guided the daily operations of the library while being fiscally prudent and modernizing the business operations. She conducted a successful funds development program for keeping the library on the cutting edge of library services. And whereas Donna fostered relationships with Champaign city officials, which has furthered the work of the library. She has maintained and advanced the library's national reputation as an outstanding public library and Whereas Donna brought exciting new programming for diverse groups, including preschool children and their parents, the business community, jo job seekers, people searching for the answers to making their devices work, and many more. And whereas Donna consistently encouraged the personal development and career growth of the library employees, setting the example for advancing within the library. During her 33 years at the Champaign Public Library, Donna held the positions of Librarian 3, Head of Extension Services, Head of Outreach Services, Development Services Coordinator, and Development Director, culminating in nearly six years as a Library Director. Now, therefore, we, the members of the City Council of the City of Champaign, in recognition and honor of Donna's longtime service to the library and our community, do hereby proclaim that June 1st, 2022 shall be Donna Pittman Day in the city of Champaign. Congratulations, Donna. And uh, we know that you're going to have an opportunity to be up here, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but if you do want to say a few words, you're certainly welcome to come forward if you'd like to. I, nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Congratulations on your retirement. 
Um, so the next item is approval of minutes. Madam Mayor, I move that we approve the minutes of April 26, 2022 regular study session and May 3rd, 2022 regular council meeting. I second, second. that. <laughs> All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, same sign, motion carries. We have the uh, honorary street sign name. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, Council, tonight I'm here because Public Works has received an application for an honorary street designation for Mr. Dawson Banks Sr. The requested location for the designation is Washington Street between Phillips Drive and 4th Street, which is adjacent to Mr. Banks' residence and restaurant, Banks Barbecue Pit. The requested designation is Dawson Banks Sr. Street. Public Works has reviewed the application and the request complies with all requirements of the council's honorary street naming designation policy. As a reminder, this would be the second designation of 2022, with the first being the designation for Bishop King James Underwood. Our policy allows for four recognitions annually. So staff is here seeking direction for preparation of the resolution for the honorary designation. Thank you. Are there any technical questions? Okay, you wanna, thank you, Chris. Is there anyone in the audience who wishes to address this? Please step forward. When you do, state your name and city of residence, and please limit your comments to five minutes or less. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, my name is Alan DeSales, and I'm in Champaign County. And uh, I'm a nephew of Dawson Bank Sr who is petitioning the right to have his name honored with a street named after him. Um, my uncle was a man of integrity and honor, and he most importantly loved his business, Banks Barbecue Pit, and, his spread, and he spread kindness for love to people. A lot of family members helped him with his business, and it was a joy to watch him talk to his young customers, explaining to them about their life and work with family members about staying on the rights and narrow, treat people with respect. My Aunt Ida was always in charge of making the sauce as patriarch and matriarch of the family. Uh, they were quite a team. Sitting on that front porch when there was time, people were walking by, driving by, always spoke to you during the day. How you doing, Mr. Banks? And she would mind, she would hold a conversation with the ones that was walking by, and then they would say, you have a good evening. Every passerby would show respect. Uncle Dawson gave the teenagers a place to come to, to dance and mingle, and he enjoyed their company. So, I, so to end this, my uncle was a pillar of the community and should be recognized with a street name after him, and thank you for your time. Thank you. Is there anyone else who wishes to speak? Please step up, state your name and city of residence. My name is Deborah K. Banks, and I'm uh, from here in Champaign County. And I am one of the granddaughters of Dawson Banks. All the grandchildren called him Big Daddy. Banks Barbecue Pit was one of the places where the young people would hang out. 
They would come to dance, eat, fellowship, and they had certain groups that would be outside of the barbecue pit singing. The place was always packed. I remember a few times the young people were not following Big Daddy's rules, so he would send them home, and they would not be able to come back for about two weeks. One of the things I loved about the barbecue pit was he had a jukebox. Because we were younger than the teenagers, we would go over there in the daytime and have fun. I remember when we became teenagers, my younger brother was in a band, and Big Daddy would let the, them come over there and practice. Sometimes we would go over there after school and get hamburgers. Although he was known for his barbecue and poly sausages, he had hamburgers, but only at request. I remember watching Big Daddy prepare the meat before putting it on the pit. One thing that made his barbecue different from others was he didn't put the sauce on it until it was done and he took it off the pit. He also would not put the poly sausages on the pit, he would boil them, and they were good. Like every business owner, you want to have things that you feel would benefit your customers. So for a short period of time, Big Daddy had a milk machine. And it was kind of big, so it quite naturally was outside of the pit. But you were able to get milk in a carton from the machine. Big Daddy not only had barbecue, but he had potato chips, candy bars, gum, as well as a gumball machine. Banks Barbecue was known all over Champaign, and although it was a time of segregation, everybody came to his place to buy his barbecue. He was a man of integrity, a man of character, and a great example to the young men in the community. I believe one of the best ways to honor my grandfather would be to name the street after him. He is well deserving of it. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Seeing none, is there council comment? Councilmember Piamfetti. Um, I just wanted to say that um, this will have my support tonight, and I just loved hearing about your grandfather, and I wish um, that there were places like that today where the youth could hang out and have that sort of guidance. I know we are working towards that again, but to your family, thank you for um, sharing part of that history with us this evening. So thank you. Anyone else? Thank you all for being here. We appreciate the opportunity to celebrate your family and your uncle and grandfather. Uh, will the clerk please call the roll? Actually, no roll. We're just study session. Councilmember Fulmer. Yes. 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 And yes, so you have directions. So this will now appear, this is study session, so it will appear on a council agenda upcoming for a vote. All right, thank you. Next item, city manager, we have the library. And I think we're gonna turn it right over to Donna. And you're all welcome to stay, but don't feel like you have to. We won't be offended if you wanna go. Thank you. Well, uh, the, bud the agenda says library budget, but we always like to use this time to tell you about what's happening at the library, and it's all good. <laughs> On Sunday, we had an incredible Rita Palooza summer reading kickoff event at the library, and we had bands and bubbles, 
and Chalk Art and Pete the Cat was there. So things are good at the library when you get to put a two-story juggling pig on your front window and hang beach balls and giant slinkies uh, in your lobby. So we are on a mission to get kids and adults reading this summer. And libraries are known for summer reading programs because we don't want kids to lose ground when they're not in school, something that is called the summer slide in education. So we make reading fun for the whole family with programs and prizes and outstanding collections of children's books. We will even select and bundle stacks of books based on a child's personal interests. And because we know how important it is for kids to have their own books, we distribute children's books, 10,000 this year, to make sure kids have their own books in their own home because studies have shown that kids who have books at home of their own actually do better in school. So we know how important it is to introduce kids even at the earliest age to books and reading. It's never too soon. And our story times help children develop vocabulary, print readiness, those very important pre-reading skills. And they help children develop a love and interest in reading. One thing we love to see at the library is seeing a parent reading with a child, and we see this a lot because we know that that child's got a good chance to become a successful reader. So we started our after-school activities back up this spring for mostly middle schoolers. Some high schoolers come as well. Um, we bring in community volunteers for activities. Um, they play games with kids. We set up uh, crafts uh, happening. Um, we have technology stations, just all kinds of activity in our largest meeting room. And we are also kicking off this summer our family programs. These happen on Saturdays. They're very, very popular. We'll have music programs. We'll have a fantastic foam program, a science show. We'll have a comedy juggler. And this summer, we will be having Juneteenth, a, a community-wide event, a very popular event, back again, um, something that we host with the Champaign Park District. And it's a day in Douglas Park and at the Douglas Branch of fun and games and entertainment and a very popular thing happening uh, each year celebrating Juneteenth. Something new at the branch library is Friday night jam sessions. We're going to have fourth Friday jam sessions where people are invited to bring their instruments, their talents, uh, do some jamming, and then uh, other uh, people are invited to come and, and watch and listen. And our Start and Grow Your Business series is back on track with we have Instagram for Business 201, we're going to have Q&A with the Brand Tub, so faculty and students from the College of Media will consult with people on developing their brand and their marketing. And we'll have a new series called So You Want to Start, and it's the first one is So You Want to Start a Restaurant. And it will feature Gail Starks, who's the owner of Neal Street Blues. So we started our Launch at the Library business series 
because we saw people at the library who were trying to get information about starting a business and we wanted to better serve them. And our seminars and our roundtables have been very popular and, and this was actually something the city council helped us get started a few years ago. And we also see a lot of people at the library trying to find a job, looking at either filling out applications or, or trying to uh, navigate some process of the job search. So we have uh, seminars uh, about job searching. Job Search 101 is coming up. Uh, and we also have uh, individualized appointments people can make with our experts. They can book a half hour or an hour and our staff will help them with whatever it is they're needing. So if they're needing information about starting a business, if they are needing help with the job, the job search, maybe they need help with their devices. Um, they, they can uh, book time and, and get help from an expert and that one-on-one -on -one help is, is really appreciated. We also have our writer's workshop starting up again this summer. Um, this has been a popular series. Uh, it um, allows people who are wanting to write, wanting to learn to write, or maybe they are already writers, uh, come and hone their skills, uh, meet with writing experts, and, and actually just kind of uh, be part of a local writing community. Our tech uh, seminars uh, help people with basic computer skills, basic tech skills, and more advanced skills as well. So. In June, uh, we'll have getting to know Kindles, getting to know iPhones and iPads, Androids, and Chromebooks. A lot of introductory courses happening in June. And we started our home delivery back up again. This is a popular service. We will actually deliver books to people's homes or wherever they're living, if they're in a nursing home or assisted living. And we have volunteers that do that and, and uh, bring a lot of uh, happiness to people who are homebound and unable to come to the library. Oops. So this fall, um, we are starting our Tuesdays at 10 again. This is kind of our Ollie-like series of programs. Uh, tends to be attended by retirees and older adults because they meet at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, and popular Ollie instructor, Fred Christensen, will do an eight-week session exploring the Thames River of the English heartland. The nice thing about our Ollie-like series is uh, you don't have to register and there's no fee to attend. So very popular series. And we started our great author series again. A couple weeks ago we had uh, Scott Tarot here at the library. Uh, he was enjoyed, immensely enjoyed, by a large crowd. Um, we heard a lot of good things after he spoke, and you know, he gave a wonderful, interesting, funny talk. So uh, we were glad to start this series back up again. And coming in September, our next author will be Doris Kearns Goodwin. Very excited about that. Um, she will talk about leadership, in, and, uh, and uh, we know it's going to be a very popular event. Matt De La Pena, a, an award-winning children's and young adult author, will be here in November. We are looking forward to that, and I'm going to move on now to the, our big project on the lower level called the studio. And of course, you as council uh, helped us get this going because we had an, a vision of carving out 8,000 square feet uh, in the lower level of the library, which is now storage, creating an activity space 
primarily for young teens and teenagers. Um, and it came with a $2.5 million price tag. Um, our foundation was able to secure a million dollars in funding. Uh, City of Champaign is giving us $1.5 million. And the wonderful thing that happened after that was I got a call from a gentleman I've never met, and he said, could you use some more money to enhance the project? So I said, sure, and send him a list of ways we could enhance the project. So he is making a gift of $1.2 million, and it is allowing us to upgrade the technology, the furnishings, and also we will be creating a fund that will help fund ongoing costs because of supplies and, and technology and, and whatever is needed. So that was so wonderful. <laughs> so these are the latest renderings. We're pretty much through with the design phase, and you can see it's a very colorful, inviting space. Um, this is the technology area that you're seeing. This is a gaming area that we will have. Um, this is kind of what it looks like when you come down the stairs. And this is the very large maker space that will be part of this. So and we will also have a media production area. So we'll have ability to do video and music recordings. And this is how it's planning, it's planned to look uh, on the look first level where we are putting in a stairway, a public stairway to the lower level, and you can see by the design, you know, it will let people know that there's something there, something new there, and uh, we will be able to open that up and close it off as needed. So the library, as you know, and you've seen our little pie chart many times, uh, depends on property tax for our operations. 90% of the library's operating, operating revenue comes from property tax. Private funding helps us do a lot of enhancements and really gives us the wow factor and lets us start new things. So this year, uh, we have so far $1.8 million in gifts and pledges that we've generated uh, for the studio project, for family programs, for our mother goose on the loose, for the after school activities for teens, for home libraries for kids, for the Juneteenth uh, event, for hotspots, laptops, and tablets, which we added a, a lot of these. We, about tripled our um, collection of these uh, during the pandemic so that people were able to access these devices. Uh, our Rita-Palooza summer reading program is, is uh, funded with the uh, private dollars. Our lobby installations and our great authors series. So one of the things that I will tell you is that people give to tax-supported institutions to enhance. They don't give to take the place of tax dollars. And we really saw that with the studio project. We had a donor come forward to, to enhance the project once we had the funding. So to, to do, uh, let you know about our budget, um, our proposed budget um, reflects an increase of 2% in the uh, equalized assessed valuation uh, our projected fund balance is 13.54%. It includes a 3.25 COLA for staff, 
Uh, it increases the minimum wage to $15 an hour a little sooner than we have to, but we're doing what many other employers are doing in order to attract uh, people to these positions. Um, we are addressing salary scale compression in the lower scale classifications, and we're filling 3.4 FTE of staff vacancies. So I was very touched tonight, and I want to say what an honor it's been to serve our community uh, at the library for the last 33 years. And as I tell our staff, the work that we do is meaningful because we make people's lives better every day. We actually make people richer, no matter what their circumstance. We give them, the library gives them a beautiful place to spend time, whether it's to study or be with their family, spend time with their children, a place to meet, uh, a place to um, learn new skills, a place to apply for jobs, a place to start a new business. And it also affords people millions of dollars worth of resources, books and other kinds of resources, internet access, entertaining programs, and there is no admission charge at the library. So visitors tell us things like, the library is my happy place. We hear things like this all day long, our staff does. Um, they tell us that they've actually bought a house that was located near the library. And we know that employers and realtors bring prospective employees and prospective community members to show off the library. So I will leave you with this tonight. Um, you can take pride in the fact that you have an exceptional library with an amazing staff and tremendous community support, and thank you. Thank you. Are there any technical questions for Donna? All right. Is anyone in the audience interested in speaking? If so, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. And Donna, you have, you, if you want to not have your back to people, you're welcome to move. You don't have to. Good evening, Council. I'm Minnie Pearson. I am the uh, uh, Vice President of the Champaign Public Library, and it is with pleasure that I stand before you. This is a bittersweet moment. Uh, we are... We are happy for Donna, but we are so sad to see her leave because the woman really knows how to multitask. I mean, she knows how to go after people who can actually enhance what she's doing and what the community expects and what's going to benefit the community. Not that she's not leaving us in good hands. She's doing that, but we're going to miss her. We had her in our midst for a long, long time. And when she came to the front to be the leader and set the tone for the library, it has been such a pleasure. And, and, and she is a community partner in, in addition to you know, being what she is at the library. The students in the schools, everybody know Donna. And so they're going to be just as sad to see her go as we are. And on behalf of our president, who could not be here tonight, uh, Katie, who would probably say this and much more, we are thankful that we had her for as long as we did. And we are sad to see her go. But 
I know that all good things must come to an end. And so thank you so much. Uh, and we just, we just uh, are going to miss her. And the community is going to miss her, too. But we are in good hands with Brittany. So thank you all so much. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Any council comment? Councilmember Fulmer. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, yeah, so I, I do sit on the library board as a liaison to the, the council, and so I also wanted to recognize all of the work that Donna has done um, and brought to our community. As you saw, all of these incredible programs, uh, I get anxious when I think about hosting one day, one event, and they have like so many. I, don't even know how you keep everything straight, but um, I'm so proud of, of everything we do at our library, and, um, and I hope that folks uh, continue to take advantage of it and continue to see the outstanding work um, that, that we do and, and that we will continue to do. Uh, I am so grateful to Donna um, and also so grateful to, uh, to our new director, Brittany Millington, who will be stepping in her shoes. So, um, so thank you very much. Anyone else? I also just, I want to recognize we have library board members, we have library staff, we have patrons, we have um, members of the foundation, we have community members, everybody who, who loves the library here, and we all are grateful, Donna, for your 30 plus years of service to our community, but I do think also just echoing the big difference that you have made as director and and how your your fingerprints will be you know your legacy will be um what this library continues to become and you've set us on a path where um we can change and evolve to be what the community needs you still provide core library services, but you're providing the teen center and you're providing business services, and you have really grown the services that the library provides um, while preserving those things that, that are the core services and make the library a unique and wonderful place in this community. Um, you know, you, you leave a lasting legacy, and we are so grateful for your service. So thank you very much. Uh, with that, I don't even know. I think our poll is just prepare the budget with the library budget as presented. Councilmember Fulmer. Yes. 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 And yes, you have direction. Thank you. And we have our budget wrap-up. Yes. All right, good evening, Mayor and Council. Um, I'm here tonight to provide our budget wrap-up. So um, throughout the month of May, we've had several presentations related to the budget. And tonight for the budget wrap-up, we're just here to provide an overview and also provide Council an opportunity um, to give, uh, to confirm guidance on the proposed budget. 
So some of the highlights from the fiscal year 22-23 budget, we have general fund total budgeted expenditures at 119.8 million, the library operating fund expenditures at 8.2 million, and the 10-year uh, capital improvement fund, excuse me, capital improvement planned for the coming budget year at 58.7 million. But over the 10-year capital improvement plan, uh, we include approximately uh, $514.6 million of capital expenditures across 135 projects from, fiscally, um, from 2022 to 2032. For the entire city budget for fiscal year 22-23, we have budgeted revenues at $169.9 million and budgeted expenditures slightly higher at $174.4 million. And so this is primarily due to the planned drawdown of fund balance for various ARPA-related projects. The proposed budget shows that the city is anticipated to exceed our 98.5% expenditure policy by $2 million, and this is including all recommended budget requests. However, the amount available for allocation is only $285,000 above this policy because um, we're only anticipating having a 10% unassigned fund balance of 285,000. So there are several recommended budget requests incorporated into the proposed budget across several funds. So within the general fund, the budget requests are primarily focused on supporting council goals and initiatives, as well as restoring, uh, partially restoring some of the COVID-related cuts. So within the general fund, we're recommending $1.6 million of recurring expenditures, $2.4 million of one-time budget request expenditures, uh, a one-time increase to the general fund reserves of 850000 and then a one-time allocation to police and fire pensions of $7.5 million um, to allow for approximately $750,000 of recurring funding to be available uh, in future years for ARPA-related projects. We're also recommending budget requests within the Stormwater Management Fund of 33,000 on a recurring basis, within the Community Development Block Grant Fund of $26,000 on a one-time basis, and within, a, within the Neighborhood Development Fund of $445,000 on a one-time basis. So during the budget study sessions, we have received public input. Um, but there's additional opportunities for, public, uh, for the public to provide input on the proposed budget. So we do have a public hearing scheduled for June 7th. Um, we also encourage individual contact or um, members of the public are welcome to also email the finance department. So on June 21st, um, as our next steps, you know, staff will incorporate the final direction that we see, receive from council tonight. And then on June 21st, uh, we'll bring forward for council to consideration the proposed fiscal year 22-23 budget, financial policies, the 10-year capital improvement plan, the stormwater utility fee ordinance, and the salary and staffing ordinance. So after the budget is adopted, there will also be additional opportunities for council to change the budget in the coming fiscal year, um, such as with the annual um, omnibus, which is our major budget amendment that occurs in the fall. We do have a poll question tonight. So um, our poll question is, our recommended action is to direct staff to bring forward the proposed budget to the June 21st regular council meeting for formal adoption after incorporating any council direction tonight. Thank you. Are there any technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this? 
Council comment? Councilmember Iniguez, are you a yes on the poll question? Yes. Yes. And yes, you have direction. Thank you. Thank you. So we are now at the point of our meeting for audience participation on any issue. If you wish to address the council, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. Please limit your comments to five minutes or less. LMX Axrod, City of Champaign. As you all know, I'm the campaign lead of No Iron Shutoffs, a $0 coalition of 53 member organizations spanning the state of Illinois and adjacent states. Again, we have won five statewide utility shutoff moratoria and $195 million in automatically distributed utility assistance, including $80 million being distributed now. Every single pandemic spike that we have had has ended due to public health policy. It didn't just burn out and go away. I say this not to fear monger. We've had enough of that. I say this to say just because the recent trend is downward, do not let down your guard. CDC guidelines say that Champaign County is at a high level and that people are to mask indoors. Because it's not just about you. We're going to be sending out a FOIA Freedom of Information Act request to the DCEO, the Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, as we have many times during this campaign, to assess whether or not the eligibility criteria for the Utility Disconnection Avoidance Program 2 has expanded to meet the criteria of the original Utility Disconnection Avoidance Program. For those who don't know, both of those programs involve the automatic disbursement of money to anybody who is eligible. So it is means tested, but no one has to apply for it if they already qualify. This has saved lives. There are media reports from last year with first time recipients on the news about their vulnerable circumstances. However, unlike last year's UDAP program, Utility Disconnection Avoidance Program, UDAP, which covered anybody who had received a utility subsidy the three prior years. The Utility Disconnection Avoidance Program 2, UDAP 2, only applied to people who were currently receiving utility subsidies. So even though both programs were originally announced as being $80 million each, one covered three years worth of utility subsidy recipients, and one only covered this current year's utility subsidy recipients. So unlike last year's UDAP program, which caused our COVID caseloads to go down, literally two weeks after it was enacted, by the way, the UDAP 2 program 
it seems, only served to keep our deaths from increasing while our COVID caseloads have increased despite its implementation. If you look at the COVID caseloads that were in New York, their death rate started to increase when it reached levels similar to ours. It increased by a factor of three. They are going to have nearly 700 people die for the month of May. That didn't happen in Illinois. We don't know if that is due to the UDAP2 program, if we are just getting lucky and our dice roll will eventually come up awry. So please, do your part, because it's not just the unvaccinated who are dying. I don't remember the exact nature of the statistic, but it was something like 40% of people who are dying are vaccinated or boosted elders. Vaccinated or boosted. Including recently boosted. So please continue to advocate if you have not already done so for the expansion of the Utility Disconnection Avoidance Program 2 or ask simply for verification on its existing eligibility criteria. Because while we'll be submitting a FOIA, you can find out about that much faster. Have a good night. Anyone else wish to address the council? Council comment? City manager. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, I'm grateful that Donna stayed in the audience. I was crossing my fingers the whole time. Um, because um, I've known Donna a long time. Um, she and I, I, I would consider her a personal friend over our, our time together. Uh, a long time ago when I was still single and we were socializing together. Um, so beyond our professional role, um, I know her to be a true public servant, but she's also a very humble person, um, I think, who is trying desperately to sneak out into retirement with as little attention and fanfare as possible. Um, and so I, I'm not going to let you do that, at least in this moment, my friend, um, because I think the comments that were made tonight, um, including the comments from the mayor and Minnie and Councilmember Fulmer who sits on your board, and uh, you were a game changer for our library. Um, at almost every step in your career, the reason we have such a robust fundraising program is because you personally built relationships with caring people in this community and helped them understand the impact of this library. And your time as director was expansive for facilities and programming, but you always approached it with heart. And when there were problems and challenges, you were a partner with other departments at the city, with other agencies across our community, with the school district, to make sure that the library was at the table with real solutions that we can sustain impacting the lives of you know, everybody from, from birth to, to the well-aged. Um, and so on behalf of all of your city colleagues, 
I want to thank you for your many, many years of service. I want to thank you for your friendship and your vision. Um, and the mayor is correct. Your fingerprints are going to be on this library for many, many, many years to come. Um, and I thank you for that. Have a happy retirement, my friend. Go out and live your life and reap the rewards that you have earned. And other than that, Your Honor, I close session tonight. Do we um, need to just remind people that we don't have a meeting next week and we need the date for Council Member Bruno? Yes, so we will not have a meeting on the fifth Tuesday, which is May 31st. The next meeting of the City Council will be Tuesday, June 7th. All right, so we need a motion. Madam Mayor, I motion for Council to go into closed session for employment, compensation, and performance of an employee followed by adjournment. And we need a roll call, please. Councilmember Enigas? Yeah, here. Palmer? Yes. Pianfetti? Yes. Bruno? Yes. Mayor Finan? Yes. We are adjourned, or we are recessed into closed session to be followed by adjournment.